Welcome again to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. As I said in the last episode, I am excited to, in, in, to begin. Sorry, this new. I'm so excited. I'm stuttering as I begin this new venture, utilizing a resource that will not make you dependent on just hearing these audio podcasts, but uh, I believe will put in your hands a resource, a tool that you can take advantage and grow spiritually yourself. And as I mentioned in the last episode, we're going to be looking at the Sabbath School Quarterly. And if you don't have a copy presently, you can go to ssnet.org and I'm going to have all these links for you when I post these online, um, both in iTunes and YouTube and everywhere else that the podcast goes. Um, you can go online and right now you can have access to this material and further add to whatever I am bringing to your attention. Plus, um, you can also get it on the App Store um, in the Android um, Market Store as well. Uh, you search for Sabbath School Quarterly and you should be able to get a free app that you can have access to all of this and so much more for free. It's amazing how God has blessed our church and the resources. And of course, if you are more like me, inclined to a hard paper, uh, old-fashioned paper, um, you can uh, go to my church and we see if we can still have copies left. Um, and if we don't, uh, we will definitely try to get a copy for you. If you go to Oakwood or Monroe, please see me and I'll do my best to get a hard copy for you. If you want to get it yourself, and I'd be dependent as to whether there's sufficient copies at the church, you can order your own. I think the subscription costs $10 for an entire year, which is extremely affordable. Um, but even if that was prohibited, please see me. I don't want you to be left out with any resources. So anyways, we are now on the Sunday part of the lesson. And we are, of course, looking at Acts chapter 15, in which the church was at a turning point. The church was at risk of losing unity. Um, Acts begin with all of the disciples being in one place, in one accord. And that unity is something that uh, terrifies the powers of darkness, the adversary. A unified church is a powerful tool in the hand of God. And so he's already tried in the the, the book of Acts chapter 7 through dissensions between racial tensions between Hellenistic Jews and um, uh, Jews from uh, Jerusalem, uh, uh, Jews that were uh, spoke Greek and those that, of course, uh, uh, adhere to the Jewish traditions and spoke Hebrew, Aramaic, etc. There was already tension between these two ethnic groups, um, even though they were both Jews. It's almost like saying between the Mexicans and the Guatemalans, uh, which is, for me, silly to have dissensions at that level, being that we are all not just Hispanics, we are all humans. We are all Christians, Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. So this unity it is easy to talk about unity in the church. But when it comes to actually applying it, we, we will always have issues that come up to divide us. There will always have things that will, uh, for whatever reason, uh, come up to separate us. And in Sunday's lesson, what we begin to see is how to solve what are some of the structures God has left to address this issue of dissension and fragmentation within the church. And so the question comes uh, as to what took place. A council took place. The, the apostles and the elders of the church, the church leadership, came together, uh, heard the, the arguments, prayed about it, asked the Holy Spirit for guidance, and they, the, the elders and the apostles, came up with a, a, a solution and presented it as the the guidance that should affect all churches, all Christian churches, which is the first time something like this had happened. And so my question is, how does that make you feel? How does it make you feel to be 
guided by spiritual leaders. How does that make you feel to have a group of individuals that have by calling and of course demonstration that they've been called um, be responsible to pray and weigh out matters that affect you does that make you feel um, you know comfortable is that a, a wonderful feeling that you know we are being led by God-fearing men men and women that uh, pray and, and agonize before the Lord they recognize the burdens that rest upon their shoulders the direction of the church how does that make you feel or does that make you feel uncomfortable that someone is lording over you that someone is restricting your freedom that's the tension right and now we have dissension now we have those that sometimes feel that the church is too top heavy um, there's way too much empowerment at the top very little empowerment at the bottom and we have divisions we have the dissensions so this is a point of tension even how to resolve tensions and divisions in the church with within our own church right now we, we certainly can feel it right matters of uh, well I'm not gonna bring them up in this in this podcast uh, but I if you all have been a member of the Adventist Church for a while you know that our church has always felt this even from the its inception in regards to the grace justification by faith and the observance of the law we have never been exempt from uh, this risk of division and fragmentation so number one I think to some degree that's encouraging because that means that we're not the first generation that experiences this and that the church has been able to weather all of these attempts of the enemy to separate us ultimately God is in charge of the church and I praise God for that and I have to come to, to reconcile that um, the leadership may not be perfect I may not agree with everything but I am certainly glad those responsibilities are not on my shoulders. And I want to encourage you to, um, as we read and close with the last episode, rather than talk about a brother, talk to the brother. Um, seek for unity and dialogue with the leadership. Um, I, as a pastor, I can certainly tell you, I, I appreciate people that differ with me, that talk to me about their differences. What hurts me and what I know, not just because, oh, poor little me, is because it hurts the church. Because if people will not be willing to talk to me, but rather talk about me, I can almost guess that that pattern of behavior does not, exi- does not get exhibited only towards me. But that is a pattern of behavior that these individuals exhibit towards everyone. So if someone approaches you and begins to chew on your ear about someone else, rest assured that that person will always go to someone else and chew that ear about you. So uh, stay away from those individuals and pray that they do not intoxicate you with that virus of talking about a brother or a sister rather than talking to a brother or a sister. It hurts. And Jesus in Matthew 18, 15 clearly condemns that practice. Rather, he invites us to seek for winning a brother or a sister over, not to say, Uh, Make sure that they agree with you and see that you were right all along. That's not the point of Jesus when he says, win a brother over. That means you, you have to be humble and you have to listen and maybe apologize. Maybe say, forgive me to that brother. Do what it's needed so that peace and unity can be manifested once again between that brother and sister. I want to leave you with another verse as we conclude this segment on Sunday's lesson. It comes out of Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22. It is something that I didn't realize is connected to Matthew 18, 15. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, we read, Without consultation, plans are frustrated, 
but with many counselors, they succeed. So let me ask you, what happens if you have no counselors to consult with? If you try to be play solo, if you feel like you're an alpha wolf and uh, you, 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 you can figure it out and you, know, you, you have sufficient brains, especially when it comes to matters of the church, we don't need a council. We don't need spiritual leadership. I know exactly what needs to happen. Well, I, the Bible says that that's not healthy and that your plans will be frustrated because you are not seeking for counselors. You're not seeking for a multitude of counselors. My mind is too small to lead the church. It doesn't matter if I have a master's, a PhD, or many PhDs. Not one human mind is sufficient. And this part of Acts 15 teaches us that. It wasn't just James that made the decision. It was apostles and elders together, coming together, many minds in the multitude of counselors. Now, if I try to play it solo by refusing to reconcile or refusing to be reconciled, um, if, if I do not seek for that unity of brothers and sisters, who will I go to for counseling? Who will I bring my plans or ideas to? See, it, this idea of unity is way more broad than simply uh, hearing a sermon and having uh, you know, fuzzy-wuzzy feelings. It's not about fuzzy-wuzzy feelings. It's about going to the Word of God and seeing the reasons why we should seek for unity and examine our own hearts. What is my attitude? God has given you a church. It is not a perfect church. But seek for unity in your sphere of influence because one day, I can guarantee you, you will need those brothers and sisters when you have to make decisions, when you need multitude of counselors, and they will be a blessing for you. They will provide for you perspectives that you, with your own mind, will never be able to acquire. So there is a tremendous blessing in unity. We have multitude of counselors to rely upon when decisions need to be made.